This is Philly Wrestling. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Kevin McGuigan, and I'll be your host. We are at episode 17. In this episode, I talk with Drexel University assistant coach Scotty Parker. Scotty grew up in the Philadelphia area and attended Penridge High School. A three-time state place winner, Scotty went on to compete at Lehigh University, where he was a two-time NCAA All-American. Upon graduation and a brief career on Wall Street, Scotty came back to Philly and connected with Matt Acevedo to help coach the Dragons. Scotty Parker, thank you very much for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me on, Kevin. I appreciate it. So you you grew up in the in the Philadelphia area, and uh, you you wrestled at Penn Ridge High School. Yeah, Penn Ridge. Yep. Right. Grew up in Sellersville. Yep. Right. So that's District One North, right? Yep. Yep. District One. Uh, represent. Represent. Yeah. Man. Um, but yeah, very familiar with the area. I mean. We're, we're 45 minutes from Philly. So I, I grew up right around here. Um, went to school with one of the guys on Drexel's team right now, actually Josh Stillings. We went to Penridge high school together. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was awesome being in this area, being kind of between the Lehigh Valley and Philly, um, kind of a, a good spot. So what, how old were you when you started wrestling? I, I started wrestling when I was five. Um, yeah, it was kind of unique. My, nobody in my family ever wrestled. Um, I kind of just brought a flyer home from kindergarten and I was really small, still I'm pretty small, but, uh, you know, it seems like something I wanted to try out and, you know, I'd heard some pretty cool things. I didn't know too much about it. So, you know, I kind of just went to my first practice and I absolutely hated wrestling for like the first year that I did it. Um, I don't think I ever, I don't think I won a, a single match the first year that I wrestled. I just went to practice, got beat up, lost a ton of matches and then cried a lot. Um, and, and yeah. you were the one that wanted to go out for it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, my parents didn't, you know, didn't have any involvement. They kind of just supported me with whatever I wanted to do. And yeah, I guess after my, my first year, I got like some Ironman award at the team banquet, even though I was God awful at wrestling. And that kind of brought me back the next year and you know, it motivated me to do better and I got really involved and, uh, and then success followed. So that was in your parks and rec program. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It was just the, uh, it was just the Penridge, the youth club. Um, yeah. My youth coach, Phil Barday, give him, a, give him a shout out. Um, you know, he, he brought me under his wing and really carried me through up till high school. Uh, he kept me involved in the sport. Um, just made me love it. So, so yeah, he stayed with you and coached you all the way up through eighth grade and um, yeah, I mean, he was involved. He wasn't like in my corner all the time, but he was a guy that I could fall back on and call. I mean, he coached me all the way through the elementary ranks up to sixth grade. And then middle school, you kind of go off and do your own thing. But I mean, I still stay in contact to this day. Oh, that's awesome. I'm sure he's had a huge impact on your life. A hundred percent. Yeah. So when you got into middle school, did you start to go to clubs? high level clubs? Um, yeah, I mean, I started to go to higher level clubs, I, I guess maybe seven or eight years old. Okay. Uh, I went to the Weaver elite club out of Bethlehem Catholic. So I was up and back from the Lehigh Valley two, three, four times a week, um, starting when I was say seven or eight. Uh, and then that carried through to like middle school, I would say. Okay. Yeah. So Sellersville, Sellersville is not too far away from Lehigh Valley up there. So. No, no, it's, it's kind of honestly like the same distance from the Valley to, 
as it is to Philadelphia. It's like 45 minutes both ways. Okay. Yeah. And lots of awesome wrestling up there for sure. hundred no percent. Yeah. Uh, I'm a district one South guy. I went to upper Derby. So okay. flash there. Uh, yeah. So, so you went, you, you, you went to Penridge, right. Uh, did pretty well in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did fairly well. I mean, I, uh, I'm still a little bitter and never won a state title. So that's, uh, you know, that, that's something I always wish I, I was able to accomplish, but otherwise I, I, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with my high school career. I mean, I placed at the state tournament a few times. I, hey, you're uh, three time state placer. You took fourth, third and second, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I, I got into freestyle. I did well at Fargo and, um, it was kind of like, that was, that was the, that was the plan other than, you know, me not winning a state title that I, everything else fell according to plan. And then, you know, on the, on the college. How old were you when you started freestyle? Um, I think I was seventh grade, sixth or seventh grade. Um, I started pretty young back when the PA state tournament for freestyle had like, I had like two or three guys in my bracket. That's how, um, that's how small the brackets were. There was like, you know, nobody around, um, that freestyle wasn't at, at that big at the time. It kind of fell off when, when the rules were changed, you know, to those, you know, three, two minute periods. Um, right. but now that it's back, freestyle's definitely picked up. Oh yeah. It's definitely, I like, I like the rules these days. It's, it's very exciting. It, it, hel- it helps the Americans a hundred percent, you know, um, it, it lets us utilize, uh, what we've learned in folk style and, you know, conditioning is definitely a factor now. Absolutely. Did you wrestle any Greco? Uh, I wrestled one tournament in Greco and then never wrestled it after that. I think I got five to my first match and I, and I didn't like it. <laughs> got some air miles, huh? Yeah. I mean, it definitely, you know, I, I probably should have stuck with it. It would have taught me to hand fight a little bit better, but um, I mean, I, I was, I was more focused on freestyle. I liked leg attacks. I, th- I thought it helped translate it in my folk style game a little bit more. Right. Right. How many years did you go out to Fargo? I only, I went one year and then I went to coach my brother another year. Um, yeah. So I wrestled in cadets and then I never went back to compete myself. Okay. So when you were at Penridge, uh, I think I read somewhere that the, the coaches, they were new coaches when you became a freshman. Is that true? Yeah. 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 They were, uh, RP Norley and Dan Getter. Uh, Dan was our head coach. He was the, the only state champ at the time. Um, he was, he, he won maybe 2004, 2005, he won a state title. And up until that point, he was the only state champ. I mean, that's changed since, but, right, right. um, and then RP was, he was another alum. He was, he, he went to Blair post-grad. He was an FNM guy. So, I mean, they were around the program. Um, I had known them growing up a little bit too, but, um, definitely got a lot closer with them as, as I went in and transitioned into high school and, you know, they're, they're, they're a couple of great guys that really, you know, you know, they, they, they fed into me and they, they helped me grow along, along my journey in high school for sure. Yeah. You guys kind of grew together cause you came in the, the same year, right? First oh, year. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Um, and, and yeah, we helped each other learn. I mean, they, they were pretty open to, uh, you know, hearing my feedback and they, they ran some tough workouts. So it was, it was helpful. Nice. So after high school, you, decided to go to Lehigh. What, what made you decide what, what went into your decision? Were you looking at other, other schools or? Yeah, I was, I mean, I was, uh, I, I grew up watching Lehigh wrestling matches. Um, ever since I was, 
yeah, seven or eight years old when I would go up there to, to work out at club, like Lehigh was the big name program. That was all I knew. That was college wrestling to me. So I had gone up to watch matches. I always dreamt of going to Lehigh. Um, it was kind of like, it would have been a perfect fit. It's a good, good academic school. They had great wrestling. Um, and you know, it would have been a, a dream come true. You know, that's, that's what I grew up watching. And then well, I who guess were some of the guys that you were, you were watching, like, can you remember some of the names of the guys? Yeah. I mean, I watched John Trange in particular. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was, he was a Parkland guy. He was a guy who had come down to Penridge and run a few, uh, a few camps and stuff. And, you know, I watched his movie. I watched, I knew his whole story and he was just a guy that, you know, I mean, one of the best to, have, to never win a national title. I mean, and I, I really liked everything about him. And then, you know, the fact that he went to Lehigh, you know, right. I want to go there too. Uh, that's awesome. So you, you uh, wrestled all four years. You, had, you wrestled your four year eligibility there, but you were there for five years. I was there for five years. Uh, I actually had a, a year of eligibility that I didn't use. Um, I came in, started as a true freshman at 125. Then I took a red shirt and then the the next two years I wrestled 33. I actually was injured my senior season and couldn't couldn't compete. So uh kind of left one on the on the table there. But um yeah, used used the red shirt year to bulk up to 33. Um was able to place the next two and then yeah, would have liked to have gotten that last one back, but uh, you know, had other plans. Two-time All-American, three-time national qualifier. How was that transition going from 25 to 33? Um, it was, it was definitely difficult at first. Uh, I mean, the transition from high school to college in general was difficult going to 25, even, um, having to step in right away. And, you know, I took my lumps. We, we wrestled a difficult schedule and yeah, I mean, I wasn't as prepared as I would have liked to have been, but I learned a lot and it made me grow up really fast. Um, you know, I had to, I had to compete for myself and for the team. And, you know, at the time we were, you know, we, we were, we were trying to win conference titles. We were trying to bring home a team trophy. So, you know, I had to do my part. So, you know, come in, took my lumps, but still qualified, you know, had, had a decent national tournament. Um, I mean, if things played out a little bit better, um, I mean, I could have potentially been on the podium that year too. Um, but you know, you never know. And then the following year, yeah, I used it to bulk, um, you know, we had Darian Cruz and myself, you know, back to back 25, 33. And it was like, we, we wanted to both get in the lineup that, that would, that would have made, would have made the best team. Darian didn't have the frame to get to get any bigger. He's a really short guy. I mean, if I'm short, he's, he's pretty short. Um, but I had a bigger frame. I was able to put on a little bit of size and bulk up. And then, you know, during my red shirt year, um, you know, I, maybe one, one or two open tournaments, but I, I also took my lumps. I mean, I, I wrestled a lot of consolation, consolation matches. I, I lost a fair amount and, you know, I had to get used to guys at that size. I had to, you know, it's, it's not just the size. They wrestle a little bit of a different style. Um, you know, it's not necessarily slow, but it's a little slower than 25, you know, things change little by little as you, as you go, go up and wait. Um, so I used that, that year to adjust and then I kind of hit the ground running my, uh, my red, red shirt sophomore year. Um, you know, I guess true junior year at, at Lehigh at 33. And, um, yeah, that's kind of when I started to separate myself. Um, and you know, I felt comfortable at the weight, 
I had a good summer going in. I competed well, um, at the, at the UWW juniors. Um, and you know, I was, I was up at 60 kilograms and I just, I felt good for the weight and I felt, uh, you know, things were going my way and it was, you know, I was, I was on the right trajectory at 33. It was my weight class and I felt good there. Was it just stopping losing weight or did you put on a lot of bulk? I mean, were you I had, I had to bulk a fair amount. I mean, when I came out of high school, I weighed all of 120 pounds, so I wasn't big. Um, okay. everybody thought I cut a lot of weight. Um, but like, I, I never really cut a lot of weight in high school. Um, the only time I cut weight was, was in college. My freshman year, I kind of held around 25, so I wasn't cutting for that. Um, and to be a full size 133, you got to get up to 145 pounds, you know, you got to get pretty big. And to add 25 pounds of, of lean muscle is really hard to do. I mean, I'm sure not all of it was lean, but I did a pretty, a pretty good job in getting, getting clean size on, I would say. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a huge effort right there. You know, it's like you said, putting that much lean muscle on, that's a challenge. Yeah. 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 And our, our strength coaches, they helped me, you know, everybody was on board. Everybody was in my ear like for basically force feeding me to eat. I was, I was taking a lot of protein. I was, you know, I was constantly lifting and I had to cut back wrestling because otherwise if I, I would go in and I'd lose a lot of weight during practice. So it was, it was a delicate balance of, you know, I wanted to be on the mat all the time, but I couldn't be if I wanted to get bigger. Um, and it was, it was a team effort. Everybody, everybody worked together and it, it really helped me out. Right. And did you wrestle a lot of freestyle each summer or? Um, one year yeah, I mean, I had wrestled at university nationals, um, after my freshman year, I wrestled 57 kilograms and I didn't do too well. Um, I was, maybe I was round at 12. Um, but I didn't, I didn't place at that tournament. I wrestled Tyler Graff and then lost to Sean Russell on the backside. Um, it was good names there. Yeah, it was, it was a tough tournament, but, um, good to get that experience. And then, then the following summer I wrestled juniors. Um, and yeah, that was, that, that was a good tournament for me. I, I, I took, I took sixth. Um, I beat a couple of really good guys and that's like, we, you talk about making jumps in college wrestling and I, that's what, that's when I felt I made the biggest jump. Like I was pretty stagnant for a while and then you know, that tournament was a breakout for me. And then it, it gave me confidence. It, it led me into the next year, knowing that I can compete and beat the, the best guys. Um, and then, and then after that, I was kind of, my summer was focused on finding an internship. So I didn't, I didn't wrestle too much freestyle after that. Okay. So the later part of your time at Lehigh, you spent working towards the next step. Yeah. In your professional career. Absolutely. So you had one year eligibility left, but you said, Hey, I'm, I'm gone. I got a job. Where did you, where'd you get your job? Where did you, uh, I worked at Cantor Fitzgerald in New York. Uh, it's a middle market investment bank. I had an internship there the, the summer b- before. Um, and then that turned into a full-time offer, but it's kind of what I wanted to do. I, I thought I was, I was going home on finance, ready to work on wall street. And, um, and I, I don't think you get a clear picture of that from just doing an internship. And I, I learned that the hard way. Right. Um, I mean, I, I was only up there for two months and I thought I loved New York city. I thought I loved the job that I was doing. And um, I quickly found out that I didn't love it. And it actually made me 
pretty miserable. Um, were you living in New York City, or you were you? Uh, I was living. I was living in Long Island City. So, I mean, if you know New York, it's te- that's technically Queens, but I'm right across the East River from Manhattan. Literally, I was a, a subway stop across the river. So, it was basically in the thick of it. And then, my, I mean, my office was in Midtown, so I was I was deep in New York, and I didn't like it at all. Really? Yeah. The work or the atmosphere, of the city? What? Uh, I mean, I think during my internship, I had a light at the end of the tunnel, if you know what I mean. Like I, I had two months and then I could go back to college and have a good time. Yes. Um, but when you're there and there is no light and that is all you can see for the indefinite future, it's really difficult to, um, to get yourself out of, out of any kind of funk that you're in. And you know, when I was there full time and after three months or so hit, I was like this, man, I made a mistake. Like this isn't the place for me. Um, and this isn't the career that I want. I was, I mean, I was working long hours and wrestling teaches you and, and how like you can, you can do anything, you can do anything you put your mind to, but at some point when, you know, your happiness is involved and, you know, I, I was just, I found myself unhappy, like most of the time. Um, and I don't think that's any way to live your life. Um, you're only given one, one life here. And I think you need to live it to the fullest, regardless of status, money, whatever. I think you need to get, you know, the most out of yourself. And I think you need to be happy doing, you know, doing, if I'm spending a majority of my day at work, I should be happy doing what I am, what I'm doing. Um, right. That says a lot about, you know, mental health and, and oh, yeah. people, young people that are getting into, you know, they're, they're the beginning of their careers and, you know, everybody thinks, oh, you got to grind, you got to grind, you got to grind. Well, you know, we're learning that that's not, that's maybe not the best thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I could have done the, the whole grind thing. You know, I've, I've worked hard my whole life and I will continue to, that's just how, that's how I was raised. That's how a lot of wrestlers are raised. Like we'll grind, but I think you need to grind uh, that's something you're passionate about, like, and, and, and find your true purpose. I, I, at the end of the day, I wasn't passionate about finance, so it wasn't worth grinding and spending all my time doing it. Right. Uh, right. And I'm lucky that I learned that really early on because some people get caught, caught up in a dead end job and something that they, they're miserable, miserable at, you know, 40 plus hours during the week and they do it for 30 years. And I think that's really sad and unfortunate. Um, and I'm lucky that, you know, I found out early on and I pursue something that gives me joy. So you're in this place and you decide, all right, I'm going to, I got to get out of here. I got to, I got to make a change. So who do you call? What do you do? Do you have a game plan? What's, what's your next step? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say in December, I started applying for jobs back home, um, back home as in the Philadelphia area. Okay. Um, I, I had talked to my parents extensively and my brother and sister. I have a very close knit family. Um, I had lived in New York with my girlfriend and, and she lives with me back here now, but you know, she was a teacher up there. We had talked about it and, you know, we thought we, we were all on board. I'm moving back. We thought it was best, you know, for us. And, you know, she, she was able to find a job back here. It kind of all fell into place. And I, I called people that I knew. I mean, I called people in the, I, st- I still considered staying in the industry. You know, I called people 
in finance that had jobs back here that weren't necessarily what I was doing up there to see if I liked a different, you know, part of the industry. Um, so that kind of led me down the financial planning route. And um, I mean, it brought me back home, which I'm grateful for, but I didn't necessarily like that either. Um, uh, I mean, I like talking to people, but I, 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 fe- I felt like I could have a bigger impact doing something else. Um, so, you know, I talked to the people that I needed to, I found an opportunity back home. I got back to where I needed to be. I needed to be around my family, around people that, you know, genuinely make me happy and uh, around a place that I feel like is home. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And then, and then that kind of led me to what I was doing, the planning, um, led me to Drexel, you know, where I'm at now. So how did you connect with Drexel? How did you, did you reach out to coach Acevedo or did your high school coaches help you? How did that all, or did your college coaches help you? How did that connection? Um, yeah, it's actually interesting. Um, I knew I wanted to get involved with wrestling in a certain capacity. I didn't know that it was going to be at the division one level. Um, I knew I wanted to, I, I reached out to some high school coaches and I was like, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll do some, some high school coaching on the side while I do this whole planning thing. Um, and I had, you know, I'd linked up with a few guys uh, at some district one schools and I was going to, I was going to coach high school. And then I'm like, uh, like maybe I should set my sights a little higher. Um, I started looking around and, you know, I just happened to stumble across, uh, you know, Drexel's website. I, I looked at their coaching staff and like, oh man, they, they only have two guys on staff. It's a little interesting. Um, you know, many division one programs will have four plus coaches on staff. You know, there's a lot that goes into coaching a a D one program at the highest level. Um, so I just, I shot Matt an email and I was like, I'm not sure if you remember me. Like I wrestled, I wrestled at Lehigh. Uh, We were in the conference together. Um, you know, I just want to see if we can have a conversation. Um, not sure if there's an open position or anything down the line. I'm kind of just, you know, putting some feelers out there to see, um, you know, to see any opportunities and, you know, he kind of reached out and we, we really hit it off. Um, and had coach recruited you out of high school. No, he, that, that's when he kind of just started, started at Drexel. I got you. Um, okay. I think he started 2011. Um, I graduated 2014, but it took him a couple of years to really get the program up and running. And I mean, at that point, I think I had committed to Lehigh in 2013. So it was like, we, we didn't really cross paths at all. It wasn't, I was familiar with Drexel, but they weren't, you know, Drexel wasn't what it is now, I would say. Um, and you guys connected, you hit it off. Yeah. Yeah. Connected, hit it off. Um, you know, I talked with a few other guys in, in the athletic department, um, talked with coach Schaefer and, it was like, I had, I had reached out to a couple of my buddies as well, just to, just, just to, you know, see what else was out there. But this just, you know, it just seemed like the perfect fit. I was living at the time I was living, you know, 20 minutes from Philadelphia. Um, I loved his vision for the program. And I mean, I, I had competed against Drexel Lehigh and I knew Drexel was on the right path. Um, it just seemed, you know, it seemed inevitable that, you know, I, I should, I should go there. And it just seemed like a perfect fit. Um, and, and I was grateful to be given the chance. He gave me, a, he gave me a chance, a guy with, 
with no D1 coaching experience, no, no significant coaching experience at all. And, you know, gave me a chance, believed in me, and I'll be forever grateful for that for sure. Yeah. This is your first coaching job. Yeah. Official coaching job. You, you helped, did you help out at local clubs and things like that? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I had, I, I was, a, I was a clinician. I had, you know, athletes that I would, you know, do private instruction with. I was a volunteer at my high school for a little bit while my brother wrestled there. Um, but no, you know, this, this is a, this is a different ballgame, you know, I, and I had no experience coaching at this level. Right. I mean, you have the credentials, there's no doubt about it. And, and, you know, there are a lot of coaches out there that, that get into division one coaching that, that have credentials, but it, can you explain the difference between, you know, having wrestling ability and coaching at the division one level? Like there's, there's a little bit of a difference. And, and I think that you've been elevated now since Zach Schaefer retired, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, absolutely. It is a different level. I mean, it's a different level of connection with your athletes. Um, it's a different level of, you know, commitment to the team in general. There's, there's a lot that goes into the overall team than just coaching the guys, you know, it's coaching them on the mat, but coaching them in life, coaching them through their academics, bringing in solid recruits that can elevate the program and, you know, continue to build that depth. It's working with administration. It's promoting the program. Um, just a lot that goes into it. And, you know, a lot that I was unaware of, but I feel like I've done a good job adjusting and it's just, it's, it's fun. It's exciting to be a part of, like, I'm actually really enjoying myself and I think it's just a good fit for all. And I mean, I connect with the guys super well. Um, I think I'm able to share my knowledge of the sport, but also try to help them just be better people, which I think is, is huge. Um, there's a lot more to life than wrestling. So, you know, developing the person I think is really big. And, you know, I, like you said, I've, I have some credentials, so I've been there. I know what it takes to get on the podium. Um, you know, I, I know the things that they need to do and, you know, I have technical areas where I'm good at. And, you know, the thing that the thing about our staff now is we have, you know, Coach Azevedo, Coach McFadden, myself, we're bringing in another guy. We all have different perspectives, but we all succeeded at the highest level. Um, and we know what it takes. So we can share those different perspectives and views. And, you know, each guy can take little bits of what they like and implement that into their game. And, it, you know, we're going we're gonna to turn out a pretty good product. Absolutely. I mean, you have a wealth of knowledge in, in, in David McFadden for sure. And coach Acevedo and, you know, coach Acevedo is high energy too. I mean, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love, I love that. Keep you running. It's, it's easy to work for that guy. I mean, he brings it every day. Um, and how, how do you not want to work for a guy who's passionate, you know, about the program, about where, where we're headed. Um, and it comes across just naturally and easily like the, the moment that you talk to him. Um, there's, there's never a doubt that he, that he believes we can achieve the highest things and I'm absolutely on board. And I, I believe the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I'm sure the alumni are, are excited for the future. Yeah. Do you yeah. interact with any of the alumni? Do you, have you been, have you got, cause this is your second year, right? Uh, going into my second year now going in your yeah. second year. Right. And your um, first year was kind of rocky with the COVID. So, yeah. Yeah. 
And yeah, I would, I would say that that's starting to pick up now the interaction with alumni. Now that things are opening up a little bit. Um, last year was kind of, you know, we were in our own bubble. We were on, you know, shutdown mode and we weren't allowed to do too much. So no home matches. It's kind of tough to interact. Um, but this year with a full schedule with, you know, some events planned, I think, you know, we're going to really foster those relationships and the support's there. I mean, we have all the support in place for this team. Now we just need to execute. Right. So it's one thing to interact with the kids, you know, the student athletes, not really kids they're adults, but um, how is it, you know, with the administration? So now like you were a student athlete, you're, you're, you're a coach, but now you have to interact with administration. I mean, is that, are you learning a lot of new stuff doing that? Yeah. Yeah. It's just a different side of things. Um, you know, you're kind of closed minded as an athlete and, you know, you're, you're selfish, you know, to say, to say the least you have your goals in mind and you kind of do everything that you can to accomplish those goals, but you don't, sometimes you don't notice the bigger picture. You know, when you talk to the athletic department, they, there's, you know, there's a lot of programs that they're overseeing. There's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. So it's cool to see that side of things. And it's cool to have the support that we do from all of our, the administration at large. I mean, there's, there is so much support for Drexel wrestling and um, it's, it's exciting to, to work in that environment where, you know, you're going to be given the things that you need and everybody's on, on the same mission. Right. Do you guys go by trimesters or is it broken up with some of the work studies that the Drexel kids do? Yeah, it's, it's a quarter system. So, you know, it's, it's fall, winter, spring, summer term. Um, we have co-op at Drexel. So it's, you know, six months out of the year, depending on your co-op cycle, um, guys will have full-time jobs and that's usually on our team. That's spring, summer co-op. So they'll be in class for fall, winter. And then as season rounds out, spring, summer, uh, spring, summer term comes around, they're involved in co-op. We have our night workouts to accommodate, but, you know, there's, there's a few different co-op routes. They could, you know, they could do a three co-op option or a one co-op or no co-ops if they decide, but, um, you know, it's that, that's a balancing, balancing act in itself, you know, guys working full-time jobs while trying to compete at the highest level as well. It takes another level of commitment. Um, and I applaud our guys for, you know, the dedication that they show. Right. Right. How's it looked this year? You got, do you have six national qualifiers coming back? Yeah. Yeah. Six returning NCAA qualifiers. We just have a talented group. Um, expectations are really high because of that. Um, we believe that we can get a few guys on the podium at nationals this year. We're trying to make a run at a, at a conference title um, and really just set a new standard for Drexel wrestling. Right. Um, we, we, we don't want to just be satisfied with getting guys to nationals. We want guys you know, on the podium in the finals, winning titles. And uh, we have the guys here that can do that. We're bringing in the right kind of guys with the right mindset that have those goals. Um, and, you know, I think it's just putting in the right work, um, getting 1% better every day and helping them, you know, just have a, a seamless process through everything, through their academics. And then, you know, through athletics, everything will just culminate to the top. Um, I think. I think this is a special group and I'm really excited to get a legitimate full season to work with them. Um, and with the, you know, with the rest of our staff, I mean, these guys are in great hands. So you kick off the season 
probably sometime in in uh, November. But you have somebody competing right now. Yes, yes, we do. Mickey O'Malley. Can we talk about Mickey O'Malley? Absolutely. Mickey is the man. Um, I mean, qualified for senior world team trials. He's he's wrestling the 11th and 12th out in Lincoln, Nebraska. Took fourth at the U.S. Open. Uh, he was a U23 uh, world team trials runner up. Um, so he's a world team alternate. Just had himself a phenomenal summer on the freestyle scene. Um, and it's not over. I mean, PRTC has three athletes at 79 kgs, and and Mickey O'Malley's one of them. Um, and it's just awesome to have a guy on our program, you know, wrestling at that high of a level. Um, and I think that's going to even set a standard in itself for guys to, you know, follow in his footsteps. It's going to propel him this year to to get on that podium because he has the talent to do so. And I'm excited for his future because you know the sky's the limit for him. So that opportunity to to train with the Pennsylvania Regional Training Center, you know, how valuable is that to your program? It's huge. I mean, we're surrounded by some of the best senior level athletes, you know, in the whole world. Um, I mean, we got McFadden, Burroughs, Mark Hall, Ethan Lezak, Joey McKenna. Like our room is full of studs. Uh, Brandon Slays, you know, teaching these guys. And then the cross collaboration with Penn and Drexel, it's, it's huge. I mean, we all get in there. We're all, you know, on the same mission and we get to work and learn from from the best every single day. Um, I don't think you can get much better than that, especially since we're within walking distance of each other. We walk to and from each other's rooms. Um, it's just, it, it's, it's something super unique in Philadelphia that I don't, even with these other RTCs that, you know, that are joining forces, I still don't think it's as special as what we have here. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, not, obviously I'm biased because, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a Philly guy and this is Philly wrestling, but, you know, it is hugely unique that you have, you know, that the world-class PRTC, you have two NCAA division one programs, but, you know, the other element there is the high level of academics among the two institutions, you know, and, you know, you have Ivy league, you have Drexel, you have that work co-op, you know, these, the, the student athletes that come through these programs, both of them are just, you know, phenomenal human beings that can handle that level of study and that level of competition. Yeah. It's just an intense level of commitment overall. I mean, they have to be committed hundred percent, to their academics and hundred percent to athletics, you know, to, you know, get good grades in the classroom and, you know, succeed and perform at the highest level on the wrestling mat. Um, and, you know, we've, these two programs have, have, we've proven that it's, it's possible. And, uh, and I think there's just going to be more growth in the future for both, for both of these programs with, you know, having the PRTC bringing in more and more of these high-level athletes who, who also bring in guest athletes to come down. I mean, Jordan Oliver was in the room the other the other day. Zane Rutherford came down. Like, you know, the connections that these guys have and the guys they're also able to bring into the room. I mean, it's huge for for both of these universities um, working together. And you know, I think there's yeah, there is something to say. You know, going to really high academic institutions like Drexel and Penn. Um, it's, it's a different level of commitment than some of these, you know, 
some of these big tens or state schools, like that they don't have to, they don't have to go through, but I think it, it makes our guys better and it makes them, makes them want it more. You know, there's a lot more on the line. Um, and I, I can, I can relate to that. I went to Lehigh. It's a similar academic school. Um, and you know, you just, you dedicate your life to both of those things and it means a lot more to you. Absolutely. And at, when you were at Lehigh, you were a two-time academic All-American? Yeah. Yep. Right. Two-time. At, at a high-level university. You're coaching at Drexel now, which I believe, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, they were number one in the nation. Yeah, last year and the year before that. Two, so two years in a row, 2019 and 2020, they had the number one team GPA in the country. We slipped a little bit this year, I think, to seven, but we still had the most individual academic All-Americans throughout the country. We had 10 on our team. Um, so guys just really, they're, they're just killing it in the classroom, getting it done. Um, and, you know, no complaints there. I mean, they're on top of their stuff, and, and it shows. It's a lot, for sure. Yeah, it is. It is. And the average person doesn't realize, you know, all that goes into it. Um, you know, when you're there on the front lines with them every day, you know what they're going through. And, and when I've, you know, I've been the student athlete going through it all too. So it's easy to relate to these guys. You know, it, I, I can walk them through it. I can help them. Um, and yeah, I mean, people need to realize how much of a commitment that it truly is and how remarkable it is when guys, you know, get on the podium and win titles because it's a huge feat given all the other stuff that's going on in their lives. I mean, we're also living in one of the biggest cities in the country that has a lot going on too. So there's a lot of distractions and, you know, to be able to perform at the highest level on the wrestling mat and succeed in the classroom isn't easy here either. So, you know, it, it, it's pretty awesome. So thinking back to when you started, when you were five years old, you know, look at, looking back, did you think that you'd ever be in this position? NCAA division one coach um, changing lives. I had, I had, I had tossed it around for a while. I mean, yeah. when I was in high school, I was like, maybe I will get into coaching. Cause I did like, you know, coaching individual guys. Even back then I had done some privates, I'd run some camps and I liked giving back. It's, mm -hmm. you know, I, th I think it's more fulfilling than, than the victories with your, for yourself on the mat. I mean, I think I get more out of the victories of my guys than I ever would victories for myself, just because I see the joy that it brings them. I know the work that they've put in. Um, and we can, we can share it together, which is really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, wrestling's taken me so many different places. I'm so grateful for the sport itself. Um, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had any of the opportunities that I do in life without wrestling. Um, you know, it's taught me so many, so many different things. And it's, it's brought so many great people into my life. Um, and I think that's one of the most important things It's surrounded me with just an amazing support system with, with people who care about me that, you know, regardless of if, if I was still involved with wrestling, if I reached out, I know that they would be there to help me. Um, and that's just what the sport's all about. Um, and that's what makes it so special and so unique. And, you know, that's why I love it so much. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the impact that you're going to have on the the Drexel uh, student athletes. Thank you. I'm 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 looking forward to it too. I think these these next couple of years are going to be awesome. Absolutely. And you you guys start the season at the Keystone Classic? Is that uh, no, first no. We uh, well, that's our first. That, that's that's one of our first tournaments. But we're actually bringing in Purdue um, November sixth. 
Purdue's coming coming to us. Um, it's a Friday night match, so that's okay. gonna be that's gonna be awesome bringing a Big Ten team in here. Um, so and we yeah, gotta fill the deck. We're gonna we are packing the deck. We are filling it up. So yeah, yeah. Get, tell everybody and get them all out there. Oh, we'll get it hyped up, man. That's for sure. Yeah. Is that homecoming weekend or is that? No. Um, it might be. I'm not positive okay. on that. All right, good. We'll we'll get we'll get the uh, word out there and we'll get the place filled for sure. Cool. My man. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me on, Kevin. I think you're doing you're doing great things. Um, you know, just on social media, tracking Philadelphia wrestling. Um, you're a great advocate for for what we're what we're trying to do here. So thanks for all you do. You're welcome. Thank you, man. And I'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. Right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Philly Wrestling Podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review make a comment, and share with your friends. Until next time, please enjoy Edge of Insanity, the latest single from my favorite Philly band, Human Illusion. I've been thinking what it takes to get through